Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. Three and boom. Okay. Here we are. Here we are once again. Ready to rock. We tried. This is our second attempt at this, this week's, epi- this week's episode. I fucked up my time math well, on Saturday. <clears throat> we're both to blame. We did screw up the time math. I, I honestly thought we had enough time, but I didn't factor in the 45 minute general bullshit conversation we do before we start recording. right yes if i would have walked in the door said good morning set the shit up and hit go we would have been okay been all right still would have been a little tight would have been tight but we could have yeah. got it done yeah so but we dude it was so funny when you guys all. pointed it out i'm sitting there just chilling drinking my coffee we're talking and all of a sudden you're like man we only got like 45 minutes and i'm like wait a minute what what do you mean and uh yeah, then all of a sudden the time math kicked in and I realized, like, oh, I meant to say show up at 8.30, not 9.30, because, yeah, we got to leave by 10.30 for Grumpy Guy, so that's where I got thrown off. I forgot about having to go to Grumpy Guy. 
or teach. Or it teach was my first class. group he got back in like three weeks. I know. That was yeah. the most classes that I missed in a row since we've started. Yeah. Since the Steve Maxwell seminar. Oh, yeah. Huh. Dude, all my travels, I missed three weeks in a row because I left on a Saturday. That was like my first travel day. And I would have only missed two if I would have stuck to my original plan. That's right. But I threw in the, threw in the, extra, the, the Texas trip. The Texas uh, reroute. Yep. So, so yeah. that led to another missed class. It's good to be back. Yeah. Yeah. You actually got to lead some some uh, yeah. ramping asymmetric stuff there. Yep. So, yeah, it was good. Dude, we had you guys do the lunge. I noticed yeah. you did the different. I noticed I was going to ask you about this. Because I'll switch it up. I, I like doing, it's good, more of a yielding isometric. Yeah. The lunge. Yeah. I haven't figured out a real good way to do it with the belt yet. I've played. I have yeah. I've played with it. it. It's it's not exactly easy, but uh, that's a different subject. I got to do some more experimenting. But I noticed you did more, you do more of a, like a, I would call what you did, a staggered stance squat as opposed to a lunge. There's more emphasis. You know, yeah. I, I think there's great benefit to both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it's, I guess, in an audio podcast, like, okay, so staggered stance, everybody can envision a lunge. I think if you say lunge, everybody can fucking picture that. Yeah. You say staggered stance squat, people are like, yeah, what are we talking about? Very similar to a lunge, except for in a staggered stance squat, I would say like 90 to 95% of your leg is on that, weight is on that front leg. Yeah. That back leg is really just a kickstand. To where if you're doing a traditional lunge, you're definitely putting way more weight on that back leg and create more of like a, a push with that ball of the foot in the yeah. ground, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, So that led me to ask, because I'll do both. Like, yeah. I, I'll, I'll switch it up. Like, oh, I did lunges last time. I'll do more of a stagger stand squat this time. Yeah. How come you, you favor more of a stagger stand squat? Well, it's, see, that's actually more of like a lunge. Like the, the big step back, like when you take a bigger, much bigger step back than like, that. And driving your ball and foot into the ground. It's not really driving the ball and your foot in the ground, right? So I'm going to stand up for this audio portion. <laughs> it's, it's for right? our conversation anyway. So the, so where I was, was I was getting down and getting the 90-90. Right. And then I'd come up and I'd hold from here. Okay. And so, and so for me, this is like, if I'm doing a lunge, this is kind of like my goal is to hit this. So I'm still using this back foot. Like I can still drive and dig in with this ball of the foot. Like a stagger stance, my definition is I'm stepping back less than a foot. Oh, like, like this okay. foot here is like within six to eight inches of the heel of the front foot. So now I have no ability really to dig into it. I can't, you know, I'd have to really shift my weight back onto it. And so that's what really forces that front. Like I, I literally, oh, okay. it's so hard to use this leg now to help me up. So it becomes this more of a single leg movement here. Now I can use this back leg to put to help push me up. But if I step further back than this, that's a different thing together. I'm suspending myself between my feet. This yeah. is not stability. This is suspension. This is like putting your hands real wide on a push-up, right? Like if you don't have good uh, upper back strength, you'll see that where people put their hands wide and their elbows are out, and that's because they're able to suspend their upper body between their hands. That's not the same thing as stabilizing their upper body between their hands. And I see the same thing with, uh, with lunges. Like, and in, in if you step real far back, you're suspending yourself between your feet. You're not stabilizing yourself between your feet. Okay. And so that's... Yeah, I haven't, I haven't played it. I haven't... So I like going step, back to like this... I, to, I don't quite step back that far, generally. Yeah. I, I kind of come in a little for bit. For me, like, you know, this isn't too bad... 
you know, like you weren't in too bad of a position. So that's where like you see this where people will do a, a lunge and they'll step really far back and it's like they're they're suspending themselves and they're able to kind of use that t- that the tension that's built to coming down and then kind of use that to help bring them out and again that's that's a totally different thing than stability and strength okay you know using suspension and you know uh like momentum is a different thing so uh so anyways for me i typically don't like to see people step much further back than where at the bottom you're kind of getting this 90 90 thing going on here and so because again if you think about it like the ultimate uh goal is the airborne lunge right Mm -hmm. like this is the ultimate fucking goal right like a one-legged lunge one-legged lunge that's what you're like that's the ultimate expression of that movement pattern is the the single leg lunge the airborne lunge and so you know, that's what you're working up towards. And so to do that, you have to keep pretty centered on that front foot, even though you're using the back leg, right? But uh, if I get in the habit of stepping far back and doing this, right? It's a different thing. It's a different thing. Now, I'm not actually working towards that, that what I consider to be that ultimate expression of the, of the pattern, which is that airborne lunge. So again, like the, the, that, the other thing I look for is like your, uh, the, the, um, it's not a deadlift, right? It's a squat. And so, uh, your shin angle will also tell a story. And so if you step back and this is straight up and down, you step too far back. You, your, your shin, your knee should be driving forward. Just a bit. Just a bit. I mean, that crazy thing. A squat. Yeah. And so, but that's, that's what leads you into your single leg uh, lunge because you're not going to be able to execute a single leg an airborne lunge with a vertical shin Mm -hmm. you're going to have to have a little forward shift and and it's more of a that's why it's more of a squat you you remember the old uh, myth kind of getting back into here last week's podcast that people would talk about you know you shouldn't squat so deep because if that Knee starts driving over top of the toe, puts way too much stress on the knee. Yeah. You remember hearing that? Yeah, don't that let board, your knees push forward. Don't let your knees push yeah. forward. It puts too much stress on the patella tendon. It's, yeah. And you would just, I mean, that was like the mantra you would hear. Yep. But yeah. then you'd watch Olympic, then you'd watch Olympic well, lifters. Really what you hear is like, don't let your knees push past your toes. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, it was really like that. Like your knees shouldn't push past your toes. So they can, they're going to push forward a little bit. And of course, like people kind of took it too far mm-hmm. and started... Uh, you know, trying to keep their shins vertical, but that's what it was. And then, but like you're saying, then you start looking at like Olympic lifters mm-hmm. and you see at the bottom, like, man, their shins are definitely pushed forward. Well, the example I would always use was trying to walk up a flight of stairs without letting your toes, your push, knees push past right. your toes. You can't do it. Like try just stepping up rocks, doing step ups, like your knees are going to push past your toes. And so it's a natural human movement. But again, what you work with a population that has a dysfunction and you don't know how to fix the dysfunction and you've got a, a, a group of professionals that use that term loosely in a lot of cases who are working with this, you know, like a bunch of trainers, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They don't know how to help people improve their movement. They just know how to tell you to do three sets of 10 on these fucking exercises that they learned. 
And so if you're trying, that's where these general rules come from. Like don't squat past 90. Don't let the knees push past the toes because, you know, these organizations are trying to make these blanket statements to, you know, these, these quick rules of thumb because, uh, yeah, they don't have the, the, they're not equipping people with the critical thinking skills to figure out, well, how do I fix this problem kind of thing. So, but anyways, yeah, that's why I did it that way. I, I like the lunch pattern and it, I found some uh, confirmation bias. I was listening to a interview with Joe DeFranco. Yeah. You've heard of you know, strength oh, yeah, coach yeah. Joe DeFranco. Pretty, yep. pretty well-known guy. Trained a lot of high-level athletes. And he you know, he likes to build his program. I mean, I'm, I'm a big movement paradigm. like we talked about. The push-pull, hinge, squat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we threw in um, the glute bridge also. So, yep. we, you know, we think the push-pull, hinge, squat, bridge... Well, he like he he substituted the bridge for the lunge. He thinks you know push, pull, hinge, squat, lunge should yeah. be one of the major movement patterns. Yeah, and I because like, he was he's big on the sleds. Mm-hmm. Like he really thinks you know pushing a sled is um, important because he he spent a ton of time uh, training NFL guys for the combine. Yeah, you know and getting that forty yard dash time up. And he said, yeah, put you know getting people to push a sled properly. <laughs> you know not even like properly, but for using it to build speed. You know and just Generating force down into the ground, yeah. is such a good tool. Yeah, and I think that was his like his evolution. Like, oh well, lunging also, lunging's in there. It's yeah. a great movement pattern. Yeah, and I, you know, it's a big part of my uh, physical therapy. Yeah, and there's a lot of lunging patterns, and so I've been you know doing it more. Yeah, so you know, I look at like you know Turkish get ups. You're getting lunging, mm-hmm. you know. So it's uh, yeah, I don't just it's I do lunging. I think it's definitely important. I don't. Uh, the the funny thing is I would um, the sled is different than lunging because the sled you're actually projecting right. your center of gravity through space and that's right. why the sled transfers so well the forty yard dashes mm-hmm. like lunging is a different right I was loosely connecting I was no, loosely no, no, connecting no, 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 I know but I'm just I'm just saying you're not wrong like do right. people do make that like you know it, it's uh, that that connection as far as like lunging because lunging is a single leg pattern is extremely important uh, have you uh, heard of Mike Boyle. Mm-hmm. So he's really uh, well known for uh, not doing uh, squats. He doesn't like double leg squats with his athletes. So he does Bulgarian split squats and a lot of single leg stuff. And so, um, yeah, I definitely think there's something there. I think what's funny to me is the bridge. Like, the people have not, it's, I don't know how to put this, like, your hip hinge is your bridge. That's it. That's the only pure hip hinge you have because that's single extension. It's a hip hinge. At that point, you start incorporating, well, are we talking double extension? Okay, now we're incorporating our hips and our knees. Okay, well, now it's a matter of the angle that we're, we're using. That's where the squat and the deadlift become different. And then you've got triple extension where now we're adding in our, uh, our ankles as well. So you got vertical jumps and broad jumps. So really, I think that the future of training like fast forward like 10 15 20 years man like i really think that that's we're going to be looking at training that way it's going to be single double and triple hip extension and then looking at the the trunk angles and leg angles in that to see like what are we trying to work on so if you're uh if you're trying to improve somebody's 40 yard dash well, 40-yard dash is a triple extension. 
So a double extension is closer to a triple extension than a single extension. So I could see the argument for how a lunge would, would help your 40 yard dash, uh, you know, working towards that triple extension movement. And then, you know, well, what's the trunk angle that we're looking at? Well, with a, with a, when you're sprinting, you have a vertical trunk. So it's a little more like a lunging pattern as opposed to like a single like deadlift type pattern. So, but, but lunge and, and, uh, um, single leg deadlift for all intents and purposes are both double extension. Like you're, you're using the hip and the knee to drive the movement. And it's just like, what's the degree that they're being used to? So yeah, I think that people are really fucking missing the boat by not recognizing the glute bridge is the root of all of your hip extensions. And at that point it just becomes like we're incorporating other joints. But if you don't fucking have that core single hip extension movement dialed in and strong as fuck, your other other ones aren't going to be what they could be. It's like that, you're a good foundation. Yes. You got to build that foundation. Yeah, that's why to me it's like, okay, I hear what he's saying, but I'd still argue that the glute bridge is a better choice than the lunge if we're talking about, you know, what core movement are we going to add in to the other core movements. But... I'd also argue that fucking hip extension is such an archaic way of looking at movement that it's not serving us well anymore and that we really got to get past just this singular term of hip extension and then, uh, you know, recognizing like another single, double and triple extension. And then you got to look at trunk angles and shit like that. But, um, yeah. I know I think lunging's good, but if you're not bridging, yeah, you you're bridge. fucking up, man. You bridge. It, it cannot be an afterthought. I think... You know, from the general public, people that don't nerd out on stuff like us, the the bridge kind of gets a funny, um, I don't know, label put on it. Like it's it's just for building the booty. Yeah, well, it, it, it's, it's such a beginner exercise. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's easy. It's not seen as you know an advanced exercise. So you're, you know, I think Brett Contreras, like his work, he's you know, he is the boot, you know, the the glute guy. But man, I think when we look back, we're gonna look at his work as like being a big contributor to uh, helping us extend our knowledge to, like I was saying, like because he's the guy who's really highlighted the glute bridge is different. It's a complete. It, it 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 improves different things. It works different muscles in different ways. Like you cannot squat and deadlift, or you know, do squats and hip hinges, and not bridge. It's kind of like isometrics. Like you can't do everything but isometrics and think that you're getting some of the fucking benefits that you, you know, it's not, it doesn't work that way. You have to fucking do isometrics. You have to do bridging. Like you cannot get those fucking results from any combination of anything else. So it, uh, yeah, but they're not sexy, man. Nobody wants to do bridges and isometrics. Mm -hmm. That's not fucking sexy. They want to do squats and deadlifts and power cleans and, box jumps and all this crazy shit and uh so anyways hey that's another boat people miss too is that uh the benefit of the unilateral training yeah i think it's so beneficial you know when you look at look, look at your you know all your sports a lot of times you're doing shit on one leg uh, i know yeah, look, look, if you almost you're passing the guard you're doing this you're running you're jumping like so much single leg type shit uh, you know what though i could almost use that as an argument why you don't need to do it in training 
if if you're doing a lot of it in your yeah, sport, yeah. I don't do a shit ton of single leg stuff and single arm stuff and training anymore. Right. I just do a lot of it. I still think that it has a place, but one, it just it takes more time. It takes more time. I hate to like, but it, it does. does. It takes more time. Yep. And there's more energy and, and stuff like that. And it's like, man, I get a shit ton of single arm and single leg movement right, between right. jujitsu and mountain biking and stuff. And so I don't have like significant strength imbalances between the two sides. Like that would be the argument. Like, you know, if you have a, a strength imbalance, like you coming back from your injury, mm-hmm. yeah, you need to be focusing on single leg shit. Yeah. And then it's still, it, you know, I still use it, but it's like, once you get to a certain point, I feel like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, it, it's not this, is fucking super important. Like, if you're not doing single leg shit, you're not doing functional training. And it's like, well, dude, again, again, going back to Brett, I love that post he did. Dude, functional training is climbing, jumping, throwing. You know, like, no one, none of you motherfuckers are doing functional training, right? This is all made up gym bullshit. All of it. At the end of the day, it's made up gym bullshit that we're doing in an attempt to try and help us improve our actual functional training, which is our sport. So, but you know, that's, God, dude, I think about this shit a lot. I don't know why. Because <laughs> you look back at like the old time strongman and you look back at the original muscle beach. You look back at, the, at like the original old school muscle cultures. And what they did is they combined bodybuilding with athletics. It was both. There was, it, they appreciated both. You wanted to do things to sculpt your body and look good, but you wanted to be athletic and strong and able to move and do things. And then we came along and, and fucking, uh, you know, I think what Joe Weider and bodybuilding, what they did is basically plucked the bodybuilding out of it and did away with the athletic stuff, the Olympic lifting, the gymnastics, the athletic stuff. And then you create these fucking, you know, unfunctional freaks. Like that's the word because like, you know, the whole like looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. It's like, yo, you look great, but you can't fucking move. You can't do anything athletic. Well, you don't do. You don't play anything. All you do is lift. Bodybuilding is your whole thing. So we had this rebellion, right? And we threw the fucking bodybuilding out. But the problem is, is we didn't bring the fucking, like, the actual play back in. We tried to turn bodybuilding into functional training. Like, oh, we're going to... It's like, no, dude, that's not it. Like, if you're not doing gymnastics, if you're not doing grappling, if you're not out there climbing and throwing and doing these, these things, playing sports and other activities... You're not doing functional training. I don't care what fucking program you're on in the gym, what guru you're following, what the fuck he's telling you. You're not doing functional training in the gym. It's all made up gym bullshit. And some of it's better than others towards more towards a goal. But I think people are, I hate that fucking, it's like, dude, you're not doing functional training. I fucking, I'm so sick of that term, you know? Functional fitness. God damn it, dude. Like even a deadlift. It's like, oh, that's right. We have a symmetrical weight. With a perfect, it's like dude, that's so unfunctional, it's so unnatural. Like you know, lifting a fucking sandbag. You know, it's just it's functional training is so different. Functional training is those mace runs that that we did. Mm-hmm. Like that's functional training. Grab a mace, go for a run, find shit to jump over, climb on, swing your mace around, climb under, climb under, throw rocks, smash your mace into shit, throw things. Yeah, like that was functional training. Dude, we need to do that some more. <laughs> we still haven't. Since you moved into the new place, no, you still haven't found it. I've got to find a good spot to do hey, it. Hey, have you been on that task? Have you really thought about it? Like, I mean, I'm always looking for a good spot to go. 
that one spot by my house, it was just so dense oh with God, things man. to do. It was so close to your house, too. So close to my house. Jog right around the corner. Yeah, man. and like a 45-minute circuit, you know, you could just cover so much shit. There's got to be something around here. Yeah. But like, that's functional training. Like, that move that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's kind of, you know, if you're the movement stuff, people like, anyways, yeah. So, but yeah, do your lunges. Lunges are good. <laughs> but, yeah, I just... If, yeah, it's, I get... Because, you know, right now, man, I can't I can't fucking wrestle. And, and it's driving me insane. Yeah. And so I'm having to put more yes. of that shit into yeah. my training yes. program. Because I don't have right. the, the wrestling to right. get the single leg, single arm... Yep. Quote unquote. No, you gotta stimulate shit. those those stimuluses somehow. So do the best. Yeah, you I'm can. having to put more of that into right. my functional fitness. Yes, yeah, program. yeah. <laughs> so no, that's just it, man. There's a time and a place. For you, that's the right time to do it. But for someone who's doing a lot of jujitsu, like, man, you need to be just getting the fuck in and out of the gym, spending as little time and energy as possible, trying to, you know, get the best results as possible. And man, if you gotta program it's got a lot of single limb shit i just know for from experience like it just takes longer it takes longer it does it's you you don't think about it until you do it until you put it into your program yeah and it just it adds a fair amount of time maybe yeah twice as much time yeah almost almost yeah probably yeah pretty so, close pretty close but yeah so anyways, anyways. lunges that wasn't on the agenda. That was a good. No, I just talked about. I don't even know why. Why I sat down and that just popped into my head. The one thing I was gonna bring up to clarify from last week because I, I derailed this. Like we we're talking about myths last week, and like the first thing we brought up was spot reduction, and I instantly went to like muscle activation. I was kind of clouding the two, and I think just you know apologize to you and our listeners and to clarify it again. Neither one of us agree that you can spot reduce. And the easiest way to fucking clean up the whole thing is we all have a genetic predisposition to gain fat in a certain area. And that is the, fir- the first area you're going to gain when you gain fat. And that's the last area it's going to leave when you when you trim down. Yeah. Simple as that. Yep. So you just leave it as that. Like anybody else selling any other bullshit that you can spot reduce or lose it in this area first or there. Maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they tried something and lost in that area first. Well, guess what? The body makeup just says that's where they're going to lose it first. doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Yeah. So I just, I muddied the waters last time, got all fired up about the fucking body. <laughs> I can't isolate the fucking third tricep. <laughs> I know. God I damn just, it. I, I can't. I, I, because that, that, that pisses me off too. Almost as much, almost as much as the rap thing. So I was fucking getting all yeah. fired up. But bottom line, we all gain fat in certain areas and we'll lose fat in certain areas. Yeah. You know, in general, guys gain it in their belly and love handles girls gaining their legs and their ass yep. there's exceptions to the rules I know this but broad just, terms say man and at the end too remember like form and function are intimately tied mm-hmm. like if you can do uh, chin ups if you can sprint if you can throw you know if you can basically do athletic things well guess what you're gonna look like mm-hmm. an athlete and so, yeah, dude, we were watching the NCAA track and field championships uh, on ESPN. It's funny now that Shiloh's like doing stuff. She's like, you know, you she's just, got oh, yeah, you got a connection. Oh, man, I know what it's like to do that. And uh, yeah, watching those uh, those guys, I mean, especially like, dude, the fucking sprinter ladies. It's like, dude, there's no fat ladies out there. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot, you just, and, and they, don't, they don't train to lose fat. No. They train to be fucking badass athletes, fucking tip of the spear, fast, 
kind of shit and uh and the body recognizes like dude i can't do this and carry fat so that's why i think one of the worst things you can do if you're trying to lose fat is just do non-impact uh stuff because your body needs the stimulus you don't want to do so much you destroy yourself but your body needs the stimulus if your body's not getting that impact it's not getting the feedback that like dude i need to lose weight this is fucking sucks then you know it's not that's why so many fat people love the elliptical Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's like their body does not panic like they do when they start running and it's like dude that panic is good like you need that your fucking body's going that's, shit that's what a lot of people miss is that your body is such an adaptation machine you're never gonna outsmart your body no your body's gonna realize oh this maniac wants to do this on a regular basis I need to make this as easy as possible for myself yeah. so your body starts making changes that, that's all it is when you're training you're working out whatever you want to call it Yep. That's all it is. It's your body realizing that you're a crazy son of a bitch. You're going to make you do a bunch of shit all the time. And so it has to adjust. Simple as that. It adjusts, man. It adjusts. Yeah. It, yeah. It'll adjust and learn. Yeah. That's why it's important. You got to think, like, what is the brain seeing? It's like, what does the dog see, right? Like, it doesn't matter what I think. It's like, if I'm acting like a fucking goof, my dog is going to react to that. And it's like, same thing with your brain working out. You got to, what does my brain see right now? Is this really what I want it? Like, sometimes you realize, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this makes sense on the surface, but when I really think about it, like, this is nothing like what I'm trying to accomplish. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, so. Speaking of sports and athletics, I've been back into watching basketball. Okay. Yeah. Watching the you know, NBA Finals. Yeah. It's funny, as you know, I came in, I just started watching it towards the end of, like, the Western Conference Finals, you know, and then now watching the, the Finals. Yeah. And, uh, you know, coming in, you know, Golden State was a favorite. And, dude, Toronto was just, dude, they're just beating them, just playing good fundamental basketball. Yeah. That's what I've been geeking out on. Because it's kind of cool watching them win because they were the underdogs. But now my mind shifted because they're up like 3 to 1. And so now I'm kind of hoping, like, oh, can the underdog and Golden State come back? But you just watch it. Like, it's just good fundamental basketball is how they're beating them. Yeah. You know, they're killing them on like the pick and roll, just basics, man. When it comes down, when you really just fucking watch it, just good basic fucking basketball. Yeah. And that's, they're just killing them. And yeah. So it's funny to watch, you know, because you see Golden State, they're not doing the same thing. They're not doing good fundamentals. I mean, I'm not a great basketball right, basketball yeah. guru, but I played enough as a kid, and I was basketball nerd for a lot of years, and so I can still watch it and like understand what's going on pretty decently. Yeah. And so it's, it's cool to watch. I think, yeah. the, I think the last games, well, if Toronto wins, it's the last games tonight. As it's not, yeah. I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's been uh, interesting. I mean, what's really interesting, I don't know if you know the backstory to that Kawhi Leonard guy, but... Not much. So he's, I mean... He's good. He's, they're playing good fundamentals, and they got Kawhi. I mean, he's one of the top fucking three players on the planet at the moment. Right. And so... Um, he played for San Antonio and he actually won a championship with them and something happened last season. It's still a little fuzzy. He got hurt and then he tried to come back and he got hurt again. And then there was this thing where he didn't trust their, the team doctors and man, things just got ugly. Like they just had a big falling out and he's, he wanted to trade. He wanted out of there and he's got one year left on his contract and everyone knows that he wants to go to, uh, LA and play or, or and um, so Toronto though took a chance because they're you know they've been a 
conference finals a few times. Like they're right on that precipice of taking that next step. And so they said, fuck it, we're going to roll the dice. We're going to trade away one of our good young players and, and get, uh, you know, Kawhi, even though we only know we got him for a year. And so it's what they did. So he's on, this is Kawhi's first year with them. And so now the question is, if they win the fucking championship, is he really still going to leave? You know, like, is he really going to walk away from a championship team to go fucking to LA? And, and uh, of course, the rumors he's going to go to the Clippers instead of the Lakers, which is funny. I don't know why I like watching the Lakers. The Lakers and LeBron, man. I just I like watching them suffer a little bit. You know, you know, talking about Kawhi, though, you watch him. Yeah, obviously, he's a great fucking basketball player. Again, talking about fundamentals and basics. Yeah. If you watch his free throw mechanics. Oh, he's the definition of fundamentals, man. Well, I was going to say his free throw mechanics, not great. Oh, no? His free throw mechanics are not great. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, see, I don't know. You know, they're not great. Yeah. You watch, like, it, it's, it's, he's got, like, a weird timing. He gets, it, it's funny. Now that I say it, you'll, you'll pick it out, man. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I geek out on it. Like, he, he extends, like, through his, his ankles, his knees, his hips, and gets all stretched out, and then he throws it with his wrist. Like, there's no fluidity. Like, yeah. next time you watch him shoot some free throws, like, you know, because I remember when I first started watching these games, you know, I hear all the hype about this guy. So I watch him like, oh, the motherfucker can move. Like, he's a good basketball yeah. player. Then I watch him shoot free throws, and I'm like, what in the fuck? He still I, shoots pretty good, though. Yeah, he shoots pretty I good. He's like 80, 90%, right? He shoots pretty good, but, like, yeah. just the... How, like, he can be so successful with such dysfunction. Like, his free hey, throw man. his free throw mechanics are not great. Dude, the, the best are usually like that. You remember uh, Michael Johnson, the sprinter? Yeah. He ran backwards. Yeah. He leaned backwards, like, literally, like, fastest motherfucker on earth. And he's breaking every rule in the book. Everything you would tell a young sprinter to do. Not everything, but, right. like, you definitely would not tell them to fucking lean backwards. So, hey, man, the when... God's freaks, you just don't... You know, yeah, there's no sense in fixing no, it. No, I mean, man. you gotta shoot 90% from the line. So what you're saying is like, as a mortal, you know, from a mortal's perspective, you would not teach it. off. Right, from a mortal perspective, yes. you would not teach a kid to shoot free no. throws like that. Yeah. You would not look at, like, all the things he does great, and you would not take a young kid, you're trying to teach basketball, and be like, hey, shoot free throws. Like right, show him a bunch of video of him and say this is how you do it. You would definitely not yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm just a mere mortal. You know, no, 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 it's, it's funny fundamentals, see. but that's... It's, it, but it's funny though. It's like you're right. But the hubris is when people try to fix his yeah, free throw. You're not gonna fix it. No, 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 no. You gotta shoot 90. No. Yeah, he's one of the best of all time. Yeah, I, 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 fuck just, I think it's fun. I just think it's funny. Right. You know, yeah, it is. is because you will watch certain guys shoot and it's just beautiful, man. Yeah, like Clay, like Clay Thompson, right? Golden State, like when you watch him shoot from anywhere on the floor, like it's a pretty fucking shot. Yeah. You know, just it's what you would teach a kid coming up. Yeah. And there's a few guys, you know, like that. But just sometimes you see those anomalies. You see those anomalies and you're just like, huh? You see, like, dude, in baseball, like, fucking, what was his name? Uh, Julio Franco. I don't remember remember him, man. But he would hold his fucking bat, like, over his head, like this. Like, his bat would be, like, over here, you know? And and he was a fucking, dude, that dude played in, like, his 50s, I think. Like, his late 40s. Like, he, he was a fucking great player. Again, you look. You would never show a kid the picture of that swing. And go, that's it. That's how you fucking swing him. It's like, dude, I don't know where you got that, man. But it's working. But it's working. Don't so don't change. Yeah, it. don't change it. Because yeah. yeah, that's the that's the interesting thing. That is a funny thing because like you say, like okay, well, what makes good fundamental 
because somebody had to find that at some point, right? And so usually what they do is they take a look at, okay, what are the characteristics of the best? Like the best people, what are they doing? What are their characteristics? And then you can identify like, okay, there's these, you know, five, 10, whatever, however deep you want to get into it, things that characterize a good fundamental X. But what's funny is when you dig into it, you'll find that very few of the top people exhibit all of those things across the board. They'll exhibit most of them, but they'll usually have one or two things that break that rule. And which again is like, I I don't know. I think that's what makes fucking athletics so much fun because you can't, it's not a formula. You know, we've talked about this before. You look at the best and you say, well, these are their characteristics, but it doesn't mean that following their characteristics is going to make you one of the best. It's a weird paradox that, uh, you got to work through, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, fucking, yeah. Anyways, Anyways. Your, getting back in the Get back into basketball, man. Yeah. Yeah. It'll it's be fun to watch. Interesting off season. Kevin oh, 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 Golden State comes back and wins it now. Now that they're down three to one. Do you? Yeah. I mean, obviously I don't give a single fuck. Yeah. Wins it, but it's kind of just rooting for the underdog. Yeah. It's kind of cool to see Toronto winning, just playing, beating them with good fundamentals. They're up three to one. Like, oh, now can Golden State come back? Yeah. They look defeated. I don't think they will. They, they, they KD might come back tonight, man. Oh, that'll change that things. Dude, that'll change that's, things. That'll change that's things what up. I'm wanting to see. I'm like, is that, you know, is he going to come back, put on his fucking Superman cape, and uh, carry them all the way back? That'd be cool shit to see. It would be. I wouldn't mind it. You know, personally, I'd like to see Toronto win it uh, just because I think that this is probably the only chance that Toronto's ever going to have to win it. And, you know, if, especially if Kawhi leaves, like, they just don't. Golden State has a much like they can win it again next year. I mean, they still got you know Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. They still got like their their core group, and they're a good destination. Like people want to go there and play. Like Toronto, it's funny. Everybody's like, oh, it's a beautiful city, but you know, no one, no one, no fucking big time free agents are you know calling up Toronto saying like, hey man, you got room for me on the roster? It's cold as shit up there. It's, yeah, it's a little different. It's Canada. It's Canada. So, fuck people want to move up there. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's interesting. It cracks Kelly up because she's like, you know, why do you care about this shit? I mean, it's just sports. I don't know why. Sports, yeah. I, I, I love the human drama of sports. I, I, I was trying to figure that out for myself. Like, okay, because I'm starting to get back into it. And okay, what draws me to it? Why why am I interest, interested in watching it? And then yeah, I kinda of boiled it down to man, I just like seeing human beings fucking kick ass at something. Yeah. Really excel at something. And yep. to me that's a big part of it. Like yeah. man, these are special people. And, you know, you we can sit here in armchair quarterback all the time and talk shit and blah blah blah. Again, it just comes from jealousy. <laughs> but these motherfuckers are special people. And for us to even be considered like the same species is kind of ludicrous. Yeah, it's funny. You know, we're not the same. No. We are not the same. Yeah. And so it's cool to see that, oh, there, there is human beings out there that are pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like the Odysseuses of the world. Yeah, man, there's that. But you know what's funny though, man, is like I don't think that, like would you find basketball, like the series, interesting in a vacuum? Hmm... If you just watch one game with absolutely no I backstory at all. To a certain extent, maybe. Right. But yeah, just because I like the sport and right. I played enough of it as a right. kid. But you take a different different sport that I have zero that I barely played as a kid, like baseball. Yep. 
I can give two fucks less. Now, if there's an interesting backstory to it, this yeah. event, then it'll draw you in. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. human element to right. it. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I, I agree with you. We like watching the freaks, but I think what really, really, really attracts us and, and do people fucking, you know, yeah, like you said, it's, it's almost an irrational attraction. And there's a lot of tribalism and shit that goes into it too, but I just think it's the, the fucking drama. You know, like within a season, you basically get to watch a lifetime. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the team is born and it fucking dies you know and the next year it does it again and and you get to see like all of the, the emotions all the hope all the you know the, the the people as well like the teams as a team and the individuals in the team because again we're sitting here talking about there's so many like individual stories there but then those individual stories are woven into the bigger story of like Golden State you know going for four out of five and Toronto going for their first one and being the underdog. And it's like, those stories are, are what, uh, you know, I think those things are fucking cool. But what's, I think, yeah, it, what's, I'd always have this, um, you know, discussion with my dad cause he never understood. Again, you can make the argument. It makes no sense. These guys are making millions of dollars and what does this fucking matter? And blah, blah, blah. But it's like, then I turn around and I'm watching, he's watching CNN. And it's like, dude, you know, we need stories. Like, you know, you're going to fill your head with some sort of stories. And so, like, if you're watching the fucking news, like, don't watch the news. Like, watch sports. Sports are great. But, like, don't watch the news. So that was, that's always, like, the funny thing when people are like, oh, sports is a waste of time. And if they're watching the goddamn fucking news, it's like, that's a waste of time. And you're killing your brain. And there's no inspirational shit coming out of that. Like, like fuck that, man. So, that's why I like sports. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I've just slowly been getting back into it. I'm yeah. going to drink the Kool-Aid all the way and dive back in and pick a team, fucking root for them. And See, I don't... Yeah, I'm not quite there. I just like the stories, man. Mm-hmm. There's just always unfolding stories and drama and human psychology and all these crazy things playing out. So, I just like that. Did, and on sports note, did you see that Henry Cejudo won? He's champ champ? Yep, saw I that. Did, I didn't see the fight, though. He's champ, he? champ champ champ. As he pointed out in his post-fight interview. Why is he champ, champ, champ? Because uh, Olympic the Olympic champion? Because the Olympics. Lightweight and bantamweight champion. Or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. No, no. Flyweight. This is legitimate, though. Like, yeah. That's a legitimate triple champ. Yes, it is. That's pretty badass. <laughs> it is, man. I didn't see the fight. I have no, no. idea how it went. Did you see it? Did you? I Man, they just showed the highlights on ESPN, gotcha. which is nice because now that ESPN is carrying uh, or, you know, the UFC, like you get good highlights. They actually showed some of the fucking fights. Or some of the fights, so um, God, I forget what happened. He pretty much dominated. He beat him pretty good. The uh, dude, the one was Cerrone getting beat the fuck up by Ferguson. I, all I saw was that Tony Ferguson won, and then I saw a picture of Cowboy's eye just like swelled up. Dude, like, I didn't. I haven't seen any highlights or anything. He was getting fucked up, man. And uh, of course, he's Cowboy, so he ain't tough as nails. Tough as nails, man. And uh, he broke his nose. In between rounds, he went to blow it and, and fucking blew his eye up. And they're like, "Oh, that's it." I've been down that road. So, yeah, that was uh, that was what happened. So did they? They stopped the they fight. Stopped the fight. Oh, yeah. did they really? Yeah. He's like, man, I know better. I shouldn't have blown my nose. Dude, I, I know that feeling though. I've done that exact same mistake, man. Got blasted in the fucking nose. I can't even do why. You know, it's happened so many times in my life. But you just had this insatiable urge, like you just want to clear out your nostril. I remember doing that one time. I can't remember. I don't know if I was playing hockey or what the fuck I was doing. 
But I, I just went to Farmer's Bowl. And I, I knew I got popped in the nose pretty good. And I had you know, we had stuffed some fucking paper towel up there. was just dealing with it. And then I took that out and I went to Farmer's Bowl. And next thing you know, I couldn't see a goddamn thing. I was like, I knew better. But I just, I, I like... In my head, I had two brains going on. There was like one, like, man, just farmers will you be able to breathe. It'll feel so much better. And the other side's like, no, your eyes are going to swell up. You won't be able to see. And I'm like, ah, fuck it. And I did it. And next thing you know, literally, it was just swelled closed. And there was no seeing for a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> like, God damn it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. No, that's what happened. But, um, yeah, I didn't see the whole fight. But, like, Tony looked like he was ready to go out for a night on the town. What, what uh... What round did he get stopped? Second, in? after it, the second. It was only three round fight, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was, uh, again, I, not seeing the fight, I can't tell for sure, but Tony's face was completely clean, untouched. That's kind of how I saw I just saw, like, the after, you know, the, him getting yeah. his hand raised or some shit. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, and he didn't look beat up at all. No, no, Cowboy definitely was getting the worst of that, I think. So, man, I don't know how you deny that. Tony a fucking title shot like I don't I don't get it at beat. all man all right. that's why yeah like Khabib's got that. Dustin Poirier or something next right uh, yeah I've heard that is that yeah. Stone? is that yeah. set up yeah I can't fucking wrap my well, mind around that yeah it's so confusing how they do it nowadays there's no rhyme or reason because like Tony Ferguson was the interim champ he was they, the they champ. took it from yeah, him right? they took it from him cause he, and, and Dustin yeah. Poirier is technically the interim champ right and the Khabib is the champ. Yeah. yeah they, they, fucking yeah. Now that this new entertainment company took over, you know, from Zufa, who I forget what the name of it is, but they do that. That's why there's so many interim titles, is because they figured out the math that the casual fan doesn't buy the pay per views unless there's a championship belt on the line. And so when you get these champions sitting out because of whatever the reason is, they'll throw an interim in because mm-hmm. it, it gets more pay per view buys. So now in every goddamn weight class, you get like fucking two or three interim champs. And you can't even keep track of like, okay, who is the actual champ? Yeah. Who is the interim champs with the plural? And it's 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 muddied up the waters. Yeah. So I can't even keep that weight. You know, that's a 155-pound weight class. I can't even keep it straight. I'm pretty, pretty sure Khabib's the champ. No, he's the champ, yeah. But, and then I think Poirier's got a belt. Ferguson had a belt. I thought Poirier had a belt. No, they took the belt away. They took it from Tony. Yeah, they took it from Tony. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's confusing. It's stupid. See, as far as, I'm just going off of what I know from, uh, wrestling. So the interim champ would be there until the regular champ came back. And then the regular champ had the Was that like the Intercontinental? Remember that? Exactly, man. Is that what that was in there? Intercontinental, and you had your fucking... Yeah. He wasn't the real champ. He's intercontinental. I know, I know. It was funny how they worked all that shit out. Same thing. It's fucking same thing. Yeah, so hey, that'd be a good fight though. Khabib and Dustin Poirier. Yeah, I'm excited. That, yeah, dude, I'm excited to see Khabib fight whoever he fights. Yeah, me too, man. And the thing is, that him fighting Dustin Poirier, like, I don't even. Of course, I'm a big Khabib fan, but part of me wants to root for Dustin Poirier too. Like, I'd like to see him beat Khabib. I mean, I want to see Ferguson and Khabib. I want to see just dude. Ferguson's stand up is like. Yeah, I think Easy. I think if I had to pick up the two fights, I'd rather see him fight Tony Ferguson. And he's a tenth planet black belt. So I mean, you know, I know that's not wrestling. I know that's not Dagestani wrestling. But you know, he's not going to panic uh, when someone gets on his back or something. I mean, he's so. I, I mean, would you agree? Would you say that Tony's fucking grappling is compared to Connor's? Like, what would you? Way better. Okay. Okay. So so that, I mean, that's my point, right? Like, you got someone who's fucking. 
striking is. You know, you could say like Connor's got lightning in his hands and in you know whatever, but like Tony's striking is fucking just so weird, just so unorthodox, just, and just yeah. so on point. And so, and then you've got someone who's much better on the ground than Connor, like. To me, that's I want to see that fucking fight, man. I'd be good fight. definitely pay money to see that one. I would like to see Khabib whoop his ass. And now, so if those two fight, I'm definitely rooting for Khabib. Right. I want Khabib to fucking strangle that sunglass wearing fucking dipshit, dude. <laughs> I don't. I don't disagree. I'd probably root for Khabib too. I'm gonna, him and Poirier, I got mixed. Like I just want to see a good fight. Him and Tony Ferguson, don't know why. No, <laughs> I just want to see Khabib beat the fuck out of that dude. <laughs> And just talk shit to him. Just hold him down and like, you must quit. You must quit. Where are your sunglasses? I am champion. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see him fuck up Tony Ferguson. And then him him fight George St. Pierre. And then ride ride off into the sunset. Yeah. Dude, GSP, he's not coming back, is he? You never know. The money's right. The fight's right. There's there's rumor mill here or there that he would be interested in the Khabib fight. He would come back for the Khabib fight. That'd be interesting. That'd be a good fight. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Because they're both big fellas. You know, they, you know, I don't know if George can get down to 155, but Khabib walks around 195, 200 pounds. He, he can fight at 170. Yeah. Just make a super fight of it. Fuck, man. Have them both fight at 170. See, like, the thing is, is like, I mean, instinctively, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how to put this, like, GSP's interesting because he doesn't have that one thing. Like, Khabib, his wrestling, it's mm-hmm. like his wrestling is just off the fucking charts. Like it's the best, you know. And so almost any time he goes in there with someone and he fucking fights them, his wrestling is going to be better than theirs. He's got that fucking one freak thing. Like like GSP doesn't really have that one freak thing. He's just a freak athlete. He is the, the, he's the definition of that well-rounded... MMA, mixed martial arts. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You and can't... he pieces it together seamlessly. Right. From the striking to the wrestling to yeah. jiu-jitsu. Like, he just pieces it together. So again, like, that's what would be interesting. It's that's like, what would be a good fight. Him going against the fucking dude who's just got that, you know, the... That's why, like, him and Connor would have been a fucking uh, interesting fight. Like, the well-rounded dude against the, the fucking dude who's got that one thing. And it's like, can you get that one thing? Or can GSP outround him? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Yeah, that's what makes it so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's it. My fairy tale, fairy tale world. If I was running the UFC, that's what I would do. Like, all right, you're fighting Tony Ferguson just because we want to see you fuck him up. And then you're going to fight GSP for $50 million and then you can go back to Dagestan and run the country. Yeah. Anyways. Shoot. That's the fairy tale world I tend to imagine myself in when I'm painting my house losing my sanity, <laughs> losing my sanity. if I owned the UFC <laughs> this is what I would tell this him is, to do this is what I would do this is the fight card so nice anyways that's all the random shit I got it's all your random shit yeah I had one random thing for you it uh <laughs> I was poking around on uh Instagram and I came across an ad for this uh Thing to help you safely lift your knees. Say what? <laughs> right. Yes, I was like, say what? So I had to check into it. Safely help you lift your knees. That's yeah. what you said, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Obviously, I need more explanation. This is a quote from the ad that popped up. So what it is is it's like it's these like a spring loaded. Um, it's got these two plastic like uh, like um, I don't know plates, I guess, small little plates. 
and got a hinge in the middle and it's spring loaded. So if you bend them together, it's going to pop back open, right? And, and it, it opens like a book, kind of, if I'm visioning, like if it was the, like, yeah. like it, there's yeah, a binder yeah. on it. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not, yeah. I'm just trying to picture it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you strap this to your, your knee, okay? So that the thing is behind your knee, right? And the hinge is right hinge behind is, your knee. Okay. And so when you bend your knee, the, it extends your leg it back out. To, yeah, it wants to extend your leg back out. And so it helps you lift your knees, safely lift your knees, because when you step down, like it's taking the load. It takes like 80 kilograms of load or something. I, I, I'm like looking at this thing. I'm like, are you kidding me, man? Like, how, how, what is this being marketed for? Like, why, what is the purpose of... Dude, it is like Asian as fuck. I don't know. <laughs> Asian as fuck. Right? <laughs> Help you safely lift your knees. Is like, alright, whoever's writing this is not, like, uh, native English speaking, um, you know, with, with this. And so it is all, uh, Asian people in the little video going on. It's something from China, man. Some fucking weird, wacky thing from China. They're, I don't know what they're marketing it towards, man. They had people riding bikes. They had old people walking. They had people doing squats in the gym. With this? With this on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're basically like, hey, man, it helps you safely, uh, like, you know, lift your knees and uh, come out of a squat or something. It's, it's, dude, I couldn't fucking believe it. Kelly's like, you got to tell Rob about this. I'm like, what is our, this is insane. And there's gonna be people who fucking get it, man. You're gonna see now. You're gonna see people out there with those fucking big ass back braces that you know every, all these fucking fat motherfuckers wear, and they're gonna get these bend your knee devices. So and they're gonna be exhibiting shitty form, doing everything fat as fuck. But uh, we're gonna somehow keep those dudes laboring for us. So it's, it was fucking wild, man. They're like, you can do squats. And they're doing like the worst squats. Like we were just talking about, like don't let your knees go right. past your toes. There's definitely a point where you are, you're, exactly. you have hypermobility in your knees to make up for lack of mobility in your hips. Right. That is not good. And that's what a lot of people have. And again, we were talking about, so that, that becomes a common problem where they just bend the knees, bend the knees, bend the knees, bend the knees, and they never fucking extend the hips. And dude, they had these people doing these fucking like deep knee bend squats and I'm watching their knees shoot forward and I'm like, oh my God, they're fucking kneecaps screaming, but they got the bend your knee device. So it's just like, whoop, 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 whoop. I was like, oh my God, man. It's a, it's a wacky, wacky world, man. Yeah. It's, I don't even know what to think about that. Nothing. It just, it just adds to my frustration of people when I look around and see people constantly seeking comfort and pleasure and it just agitates the fuck out of me. I came to that realization yesterday when I was out there suffering in the heat of the day painting and I was saying, why do I get so annoyed with people? Why is like, I was really trying to distill it down. Like what, why do I care so much? You know, when I see certain things in the world or, you know, see certain people, I say, what is it that annoys me? Why does my fucking blood pressure rise when I see certain things? And I, I couldn't figure it out, man. I'm just thinking about it. And then I was like, I, then I came to maybe a conclusion, and I may rethink this today as I'm back out there fucking painting, but I came to the conclusion like, what really annoys me when you see people going, like spending great amounts of time, effort, and money seeking comfort and pleasure. Like, that is just, it's such a, such a flawed way of doing shit. 
Yeah. And it's not helping you in the long run. Yeah. When you when all your efforts are going into how can I be more comfortable? How can I be more comfortable? How can I do less activity and be more comfortable? That shit fucking infuriates me, man. It just I, I won't even start ranting on it. I just get too angry. No, man. I think you're. I think uh, there's there's definitely something there. I mean, that's it's funny, man. The uh, I finished finally finished that uh, right side of history, mm-hmm. uh, the Ben oh, Shapiro book, yeah. and um, you know, there's a lot of fucking great points in that book. And uh, um, goddamn, dude, there was one probably the craziest statement I've read in that entire book. He was quoting, I forget her name, one of the the you know feminist chicks from the 70s or 80s or whatever and it was a quote that like that she wanted to see a time when the choice to stay home and be a mother wasn't even available to women women had there wasn't even a choice available to them and the reason was because she thought that too many women would take that choice so if you give people a choice that you know that they're going to take that's a way of controlling them. Like by giving women the choice to stay home and be a mother, you are controlling them because a lot of them will take that choice. And so you making that choice available is a way of controlling women. I, I'm like, dude, the line of thinking there, dude. I know it's insane. It is really insane. Like I said, that was probably like one of the like most insane, you know, uh, parts of it. Like you know, the the philosophy behind the the new left or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But a lot of it is, man. Like it, it, what what happened was that you know our 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 Western civilization being built on the foundation of really Athens and, and uh, Jerusalem. Like you said, we have Judeo-Christian values and we have, um, you know, the, the Greek logic and philosophy. And those two things, the tension between them, you know, the, 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 of those two philosophies coming together is what created Western civilization. But at the heart of it, whether you're talking about Greek reason or Judeo-Christian values, at the heart of it, there is something like the Greeks referred to it as the unmoved mover, like something put things in motion, something gave, cause to them, the idea was like, you know, helping discover the talos, you know, what, what, what was your purpose, right? Like a dog has a certain purpose. Like there's a, a, there's something that makes a dog a dog. Like a dog has a purpose, you know, people have a purpose, you know, people's purpose is to reason. Like that was what the Greeks thought. Like we're the only animal or, you know, creature on earth that has the ability to reason and, and think things out like we do. So that's obviously our, our purpose. And so, um, but there's a purpose given to you by the unmoved mover. In Judeo-Christian values, you have God. There's a purpose given to you by God telling you that you have meaning. I made you in my image. Like you have meaning because of me. And so you have these two things, but at the heart, there's something telling you, giving you some sort of purpose. And a lot of the, the enlightenment shit, a lot of stuff we're facing today is like, because people wanted to rip those things out. Like they don't, those things imply standards, right? Like there's a standard to being a good human. There's a standard to living up to what God wants you to do, to the morality that, that God puts down for you, right? And so 
if you don't want to live up to these fucking standards, well, now you're thinking, well, these standards are, are societal constructs that are holding us down. And so, well, you have to replace it with something. You can't remove that. Something's got to give you purpose. And so the fucking, what takes its place is the is self-esteem and, you know, the self. Like, the, you become the center of the universe. Finding your bliss becomes your purpose, right? Like, the, so that's where a lot of this shit comes from is like, you know, they basically, we get boiled down by uh, science to being no different than a dog and that we're just here to seek pleasure and avoid pain. That's it. You can, you can point to everything that we do from morality to family to everything that we do. You can boil it down as, dude, we're just basically animals trying to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And that's really all that there is to this life because there's nothing after this. So buddy, you better get as much pleasure and avoid as much pain as you can. Right? I mean, but that's basically where, it, 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 but that's why it irritates you because it's not natural. That's not normal. That's not how societies, that's not how families, that's not how anything functions. Nothing can function when you are the center of your own universe and your only fucking desire in life is to seek pleasure and avoid pain. Like, it doesn't fucking work. So it irritates me too, but that's what it is. But these people are lost because they've been told that this is what you're here for, right? There is no higher purpose, you know? Like, it's all about seeking your bliss, bro, right? So agitating. <clears throat> Dude, it's agitating. Oh, what was the other thing? Um, oh, self-esteem, like the, the core fundamental question of, are you born with self-esteem or do you earn self-esteem? Hmm, you're born with it certain amount of it right you, you you have to be it's a philosophical question I, th I think you got I think you got I think you're born with like the the kindling of it you know the little twigs of it mm -hmm. and then you have to build it if I had to you know decide right right off the top of my head yeah yeah so well it's here's why that question matters right because if you're born with self-esteem and the world beats it out of you then it's any you know anything that's taking away from your self-esteem is the problem and you know parents disciplining their kids is a problem because you know hey man if you just left the kid alone his self-esteem is fine like you punishing him you putting rules on him you doing these things you're fucking impeding his self-esteem you're making him feel bad when you tell him that he did that wrong or you punish him he feels bad you're messing up his fucking self-esteem or if you're hey man I, you're, you're making me feel bad. You're calling me out on doing something wrong. I feel bad. You're fucking up my self-esteem. I don't want to hear it because you're fucking up my self-esteem. Or is self-esteem something you earn? It's like, no, you do shit. And you doing shit earns that self-esteem. You tell the truth when it's hard. You fucking do the right thing when no one's looking. You follow through on your word. You know, you, you work hard and you see that like, oh, I, I did well at, at you know, the, at my sport or whatever. You set a goal that I'm going to fucking, you know, like, like those things build your self-esteem. And, but it's just funny because like until I had it, until that book kind of pointed out, I never really thought about like, oh, that's a fundamentally different question. If you think you're born with it, then anything that interferes with it is a problem. But if you think that you earn it, it doesn't matter what the fuck other people do and say or whatever because 
it's you've earned it. Like you know, it's it's a solid foundation. You know, it's not a shaky thing. Yeah, if something happens that's a blow to it, that's okay. It's okay because that's just I've earned it. I've I've earned it. You can earn it back. Yeah, you can understand what that challenge was. Like, oh, why did that sting? Like, oh, okay. No. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to go around just trying to protect yourself from any perceived uh, slights to your self-esteem. So, I'm like, oh, man. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. interesting, man. Yeah. Really interesting when you fucking think about it. it speaking, of, speaking of books, what, what do you suggest next? Like, for his old books. Like, you know, I read the Iliad. I read the Epic of Gilgamesh. I read the Iliad and the Odyssey. I, I want to, because yeah, that's the way I've been doing it now. Is I get right. like, one newer book going and one older book going. Yeah. yeah what, what's your What's your suggestion for an older? Oh man, archaic text of sorts. Dude, I mean, the other one I read, like the um, Plutarch's Lives of Noble Grecians and Romans. That's one that you would just have to like slog your way through. You know, what I mean, I would just make it like your second book. Uh-huh. Like honestly, it, it, I I listen to that Naval guy yeah. his interview I mean, it's was, it was interesting man I, I was such a great interview that's probably like I, I was breathing a sigh of relief being like okay somebody fucking smart enough sees some of these other things that uh, um, that I think but uh, that was one thing I, I liked is he talked about like I don't read just one book at a time to completion it's like I'm trying to you know read a few things look for ideas and so for me some of those books are kind of like that it's like I got my main book I'm reading mm-hmm. and then I kind of got my background book if you will um, but that one was good. I'm not gonna lie, like I really liked that one. That was a fucking uh Maybe that's what I'll do. Yeah, that was a good one. And another thing is like get into like uh Spartacus. Like if you've never dug into that, like there's there's not like a book, but there's definitely like, you know, historical uh mm-hmm. you know history books and stuff that, that that dig into it and talk about I, I think like Spartacus fucking Hannibal um god I forget who else man there's like dude, those two right there like if you've never really dug into those guys stories fucking dig into their stories a little bit and uh really crazy shit it's uh interesting guys taking on a fucking empire I mean Hannibal marched up and down the Italian peninsula for fucking years and the Romans couldn't stop him and just kept avoiding him it's just wild shit, man. He almost had him cornered a few times. He lit the fucking horns of his cows on fire to confuse the Romans. They thought they were under attack by like all these more people than they were, so they ran. It's like you can't make this shit up, man. It's good stuff. It's I really, I'm really like I'm digging these old books. Yeah, maybe it's maybe something about Hannibal would be good. I would say like just kind of books on that historical period, right? You know, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, as opposed to like the Odyssey or you right. know like another book that was from that time or like right. you know written. So I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of I'm really using a broad brush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, like the Plutarch oh. would be like a book from that time, but there's a lot of fucking super interesting books about characters from that time mm-hmm. that uh, would would be good. And the cool thing there is a lot of those books will, will reference other books, and then you'll be like, oh man, I want to. I want to go read that book. You know, if that was like, I see this thing referenced all the time, I'm just going to go read that fucking book about this guy. And so it's a good way to kind of get your, your, uh, start wandering down that road. That's a good road. I'm going to keep wandering down. Dude, I love it, man. I'm, I love history, especially like the old time fucking Greek and Roman throwing a little military history. And that's why like, I always, you know, I 
I can't help but look at jujitsu through that, you know, lens. And I'm, you know, I'm always thinking like, you know, you gotta, you don't try to fucking smash the Spartan line. If you're going up against the Spartan, you can't just fucking smash into him up front. Like that's stupid. You know, you gotta figure out something else. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's good shit, man. People that don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. I think I've heard that somewhere. Yeah, sounds familiar. <laughs> sounds familiar. Sounds sort of familiar. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So, all right. What else do I got in here? Oh, I was digging around. I came across a good scientific term for bonking. For bonking? Yeah. Like hitting the wall? Yeah, like, hitting okay. the wall. Yeah. Ready? Catastrophic biological failure. <laughs> CBF. Catastrophic biological failure yes I've definitely felt that before yes me too when, when they said it I was like oh yeah that is a really good way to fucking describe that feeling that is perfect. this is catastrophic biological <laughs> failure I could I was dying man when I read that because I read it and it took me a second to realize like oh oh they're referring to hitting the wall or bonking but then I was like I like that term man I'm gonna write that one down that's so, funny yeah that, that does just, explain it like perfectly yeah yeah that's what it fucking feels like for sure. Yeah. The, uh, um, yeah. So is that, man, it's fun. I was digging around. I found a, um, one interesting thing. Somebody's made a judo machine, a judo throwing machine. So you can simulate doing like fucking throws. It's like some big weird cable unit. Yeah. It's a big contraption, but they did a study huh. to show that using the judo machine improved your technique or performance or something I'm like sure that. You should just put a rubber band on an anchor on the wall and probably... Suffice. Who's a little more, uh, <laughs> more involved? A little more involved than that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but you know, really, all it is is, you know, like we were talking about, like using you know your your training, um, looking at the demands of your sport. And you know, the thing is with judo, you're taking it's you need someone who's willing to take a bunch of fucking throws for you to train it. So if you can come up with some way to simulate that movement without the same physical toll. You're yeah, that's a bitch ass way. Just seeking comfort, and you know, the, the I don't judo, know if it's seeking comfort. Judo has plenty of fucking practices built into it. You know, so like when you're practicing a throw, a very good way to practice it because a big part of the throw isn't necessarily the throw; it's actually the setup, the footwork, the grips, the the kazushi, the breaking the balance. And you can so say you want to practice that throw with your partner, but you don't want to make him hit the ground a hundred fucking times. You can practice the entry to it four times, hit the throw on the fifth. Yeah. You know, so you're doing the, the, the big part of the entry, the, the breaking the balance, and boom, boom, one, two, three, four, then hit the throw. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Because it's still good for somebody to hit the ground. Well, yeah, it is good for people to hit the ground. Again, I man, I'm just, the, the science showed, the study showed that there was improvements. I mean, there's obviously something I'm, sh- I'm, there. I'm sure, I'm sure there is improvements. So. Without you having to beat the fuck out of your opponent. Yeah. But yeah, on that note. I mean, that's basically what they're saying. I can see that, but on, on that note, I saw I was watching, Tim was teaching beginner's class the other night, yeah. like last week, like a week ago or so now, and man, something I think we got to do as a gym, and place way more importance on, and you know, we do like the forward rules before class, and you know, break falls here and there, but a big majority of people at a gym cannot break fall to save their fucking lives, and you know, it's... 
you know, it, 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 uh, the, I'm looking at the one wheel here, and you're talking about your crash the other, <laughs> yeah. the other day and how you were able to roll out of it because you had a lot of experience in crashing. Yeah. Same thing, I wiped out hard <laughs> as fuck. Fucking black belt. <laughs> I, I wiped out hard as fuck on that thing, and I crashed just I didn't break any limbs because yeah. I tuck and rolled. Mm-hmm. And it's a skill you just learn. And if you haven't done, like, a mountain biking, a, you know, a skateboarding, a, I picked it up from martial arts, from a lot of judo and hapkido and jiu-jitsu, getting thrown time and time again. You learn how to fall properly without getting fucked up. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think we've, uh, I say we, I'm not blaming you, but blaming myself as a seeing more of a senior student at the gym that, man, we've got to get people better at falling. You know, and like one of the easiest ways to do that is just drilling the shit out of the hip toss, the major hip, major hip throw. Yeah. You know, it's just because that is such an easy way for someone to learn how to break fall properly because they unwind properly. Everything is just it's set up for a perfect side break fall, and just fucking reps of that, just getting people comfortable hitting the ground, hitting the ground, understanding if you hit the ground right, it's not gonna hurt you. Right, yeah. I, I just saw this just spotlight on it. I was like, oh my goodness. Dude, we've got people that have been training here a long time that can't break fall at all. I was like, yeah, we have to fix this. Yeah. yeah. Dude, there's so many fucking things, man. Break falls. I mean, technical stand's another one yeah. that every once in a while you'll do something and you'll realize like, oh, wait a minute. Like this person doesn't really understand how to do a technical stand. And because, uh, man, even just doing them in, in class you know, you see people doing them wrong. And so if you're not taking the time to like stop and correct them with what they're doing and they just keep drilling the wrong stuff. So yeah, that's always the, uh, you know, that's training though, man. You, 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 you see fucking holes in, in your athletes. Oh, we got to fix these holes, man. Yeah, fix these holes. Fix I these know they're like starting holes to fix. Yeah. We're not teaching you some sweet fucking <clears throat> spinning arm bar, blah, blah, blah. Like, Guess what? You're break falling tonight. Man, knowing so, how to fall, just being comfortable in the air. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, it's funny. I was thinking about that this morning. It's like, it is like people, if you don't know how to get fucking tossed in the air and stay relaxed and be able to, you know, control and, and distribute, uh, distribute the impact. that impact, you can fuck yourself up. Yeah. Like really bad. So yeah, it's a, it was funny. That's what I, I looked at, um, you know, takedown stuff and, and having to take falls is uh, training for falling on my bike because you don't want to fall on your bike <laughs> that's no. that's not the way to train falling Dude. so we used to actually do that man in my gym I would have uh, we would train somersaults we would train shoulder rolls and then I would set up Swiss balls and you would dive over the Swiss ball into it, for, it forces you into that proper like yes. shoulder roll using the Swiss ball. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. So, um, and then we would, goddamn dude, we would get fucking stupid. We'd see how far back we could jump over the Swiss ball mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, but yeah, you got to train it, man. You got to train falling and uh, getting up off the ground. Those mm-hmm. two are, are two fundamental things. But it's. Uh, it's, it, you know, one of the things that uh, Naval guy talked about that I thought was really interesting and, and had a lot of carryover to jujitsu and a lot of things is he was talking about um, the difference between memorizing and understanding. And he was, you know, I liked his statement. If you're trying to memorize something, that's a sign you don't understand it. Yep. So if you're trying to memorize step one, step two, step three, it's a sign you don't really understand the arm bar. 
And that's not bad, but you just need, no, to, you just of, need to know, right? It's part, part of the process. It's part of the process. Part of the process. You yeah. have to. You know, you can't help but memorize things on the way to understanding them. But that that's the goal is to understand them in a way where you don't have to memorize things as much. You're able to just use these, these fundamental things. And I liked his description. He's like, you know, so many people are trying to, you know, uh, create a structure you know they're trying to hang things off of this structure but their fundamental understanding is poor and so their foundation is bad and you and and that's exactly what you know we talk about like people who just like collect youtube techniques that's the difference man like you know they don't understand jujitsu they are trying to memorize techniques and hang all of these advanced techniques off of this weak you know structure that's on this uh, non-existent foundation. And so, but once you understand that foundation, again, we've talked about it too, man. It does If you've got good fundamental jujitsu, if someone throws some curveball at you that you've never seen before, it's okay. you, you, you should be all right. You should be able to figure it out. Like if you have to go to fucking YouTube, you know, some special way to get out of it, and again, not bad, but understand like you're missing a fundamental concept somewhere that they're fucking you up on. And it's not just this one move that they're fucking you up on. So, yeah, that was really cool. I, I like that. It's like, man, as long as you're trying to memorize something, you do not understand it. So I figured you'd like listening to that guy. Yeah. Naval <laughs> Rabbitcant. Something like that. I think that. was his last name. Yeah. 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 He was, man. I, I, I really liked listening to him. He, again, like, it was, it was funny because a lot of the shit that he was talking about, like with artificial intelligence and a lot of these things or things like, I'm like, God damn, thank you. Like, someone else fucking sees this. Like, I, I think that that was about the point, because that was pretty early in the interview, and I was only like 20, 30 minutes in. I was like, oh, this guy's like fucking James. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I sent you the link. I was like, you yeah. gotta listen to this dude. Same thing with Universal Basic Income. Yeah, the same thing. It's like, dude, it's a non solution to a, a non problem. Yeah. I like how he, I like how he put that. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing. As soon as you start fucking voting yourself dollars off the. The role, man, it's going to go to socialism. There's no way to stop that slide. You, you, the, the universal basic income is just not, yeah, it's the, you know, it's not the answer. Well, it was funny. This whole search of the logic came back to like, well, we get back to the welfare system where we have to have a way to find the people who need the help yep. and we give them the help. Mm-hmm. And it's not just fucking thousand dollars a month. And we're it's, right back to where we started. And we're right back to where we started. Exactly. So, <laughs> like, that's the funny thing, man. Like, I... And we, we love to pretend that we are idiots, that humans just suck, that we're hugely flawed, that we're morons, that our society's all, fl- you know what I mean? Like that's the popular thing to kind of think about. And it's like, dude, like, that's not true. Like we're pretty fucking smart. Like we're pretty fucking special. And we figured some things out, like things, you know, they can get better. They can always get better. That was kind of the whole thing with the, you know, the Ben Shapiro thing. It's like, yeah, there's problems, but the answer to the problems is not to go rip the roots out of how we got here in the first place. Like, that's not the fucking answer. But, uh, yeah, like, you know, giving everybody universal basic income is basically ripping the roots out of what fucking made America, America, man. Like, that's not America. So, that's it. Anyways, there you go. I got another fucking good study I came across. It was the role of emotions on pacing strategy. So, first off, pacing strategy. 
Pacing strategy is a term, I actually like it better than cardio training because the whole idea, like we say cardio training, it's like, you know, talk about isolation, right? You can't isolate your cardio system. Ah, you know, cardio training is fucking a stupid term in some ways. It's an isolationist fucking term. And so really what you're trying to do is develop a pacing strategy. You, you have a sport. It has certain activities. It has a certain length. There's a certain pace that you need to go at. Like all of these things are specific to your sport. And even within the sport you have, like your pacing strategy when you're a white belt doing five minute rounds has got to be different than when you're fucking, if you do 10 minute, 15 minute rounds, you know, as a, as a higher belt, like the pacing strategy has to be different. And so that's what you're really trying to work on. That goes back to like what the dog saw, like good cardio training is going to make the brain adapt to the pacing strategy that you want during your sport. And so uh, that pacing strategy is what it's all about. And so what they were doing is they were just looking at like what role does emotion play in your development of that pacing strategy. And uh, yeah, I didn't like dig too deep into it, but it, it, as you know, they found that emotion definitely plays a role. Like one of their suggestions was to have athletes associate a certain emotion with a certain pace, pacing strategy. And that they'll be more likely to adopt that pacing strategy in the future. And so, you know, again, my bro science thinks like, you know, if we're, you know, if you're trying to uh, improve, you know, like say you want to improve your cardio, you're like, okay, I want to, I want to be able to keep a higher pace. I want to be able to push harder and keep a higher pace while I'm training. You can be fucking sure that if you're miserable and it sucks like you have negative emotions while you're training to do that it's not gonna fucking stick the same so like you know beating the fuck out of yourself punishing yourself is not training right like if it hurts and you're a little scared to do it again it's not really training so you're not working on that pacing development strategy but uh um but anyways yeah no that was uh that was the their their take, man. Associate emotion, and that's why I got thinking like music, because music kind of brings emotion, right? So like that's why some people like to train with music, because you get a fucking more positive emotion, and you associate it with that pace, and so. And I can see that, you know, if you, yeah, if you frame it properly, because like, you can be going the same pace, but if you put the label on it, like, oh, this fucking sucks, I hurt you know, blah, 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 this is terrible, the the odds of you taking yourself to that place again are pretty low because you're going to be hesitant. You're going to be like, I don't want to go there. That hurts too bad. But if you if you put a more positive spin on it, yeah, like, oh, this is good. I love that feeling. You know, the heart's pumping. I'm having trouble with my breath. This is good. I love this pace. You're going to be way more willing to go back there again. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, because it's all on how you talk about it. Yeah. And think about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it was that they. Uh, what was their quote at the end? They proposed novel perspectives to maximize performance yep. and avoid overtraining by paying attention also to the emotional state in the training process. So, you know, and this is. I mean, really, this is some of the uh, stuff like HRV would probably tell you as well. You know, like your HRV being off is. You're definitely. I can definitely tell. Like, dude, when my recovery is low, like I feel off 
Like it's, it's definitely harder for me to be in a positive frame of mind and stuff. And so, you know, just knowing your athlete, you know, somebody walks in and it's like, we've talked about it before. It's like, dude, you know, they walk in and it's like, dude, my girlfriend just left me and I lost my job. My dog got ran over and you had them scheduled for some super hard fucking kick-ass workout. Like you may need to modify it a bit. Their emotional state is, is going it's to affect it. Yeah. And then if you just keep pushing them regardless of paying attention to that emotional state, you're not actually helping them. You're you're actually making them associate that pace and that you know type of workout with these negative emotions, and it's yeah, it's not a good thing. So, but it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. I, I can totally make sense of that. For sure. Yeah. That's funny. A lot of science is like, well, yeah, duh. When yeah. you think about it, yeah. but um, it's just cool to have people out there studying this shit. So smarter people than myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me as well. So there you go, man. Pay attention to your emotions and your sleep, which brings us leads, to our leads us to today's topic. Yes, sleep. Not as smooth as last week's transition. It was pretty smooth. It was pretty smooth. Though. Sleep. It's fucking important. <laughs> it's super important. I have I have a Dude. curveball to throw your way here uh, towards the end. I don't want to throw it at you right off. The I was bat. hoping you'd throw it at me right away. Nah, nah, I'm gonna throw you some some some. We'll just throw some soft pitches back and forth and mm-hmm. fucking tee off on them, and then we'll. I'll throw the other one out there and see what you think. Now you got me curious. I want to <laughs> blow through all the soft pitches. I want to get to the fucking so what? Uh, so sleep. We're talking about sleep, the importance of sleep, some uh, tips for sleep. Um, one, what's interesting, uh, Joel Jameson, uh, he does the, the BioForce and the, um, the, the fucking Morpheus recovery stuff. He's uh, doing a call tomorrow for the bio four certified coaches, which I'm one of them. And so on sleep. And so he'd sent out an email yesterday. I think that's probably what made me think about it. Uh, kind of saying, I'm going, I'm going to have the call, but he had some, some stats, some interesting stats I wanted to throw out there at first, uh, to kind of lead off. Um, so the first one was sleeping six hours a night or less is associated with a 40% increase in cancer. He said that the World Health Organization actually considers night shift working to be carcinogenic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've came across that same, yeah. same stat before. Um, this one's for youth athletes, but you know I'm sure it probably holds true for uh, older athletes as well to some degree. But youth athletes that get less than eight hours of sleep are 170% more likely to get injured. Ooh. That's fucking huge. It's huge. Huge, man. Uh, we said currently less than 25% of today's youth get enough sleep. Um, and then uh, anything less than eight hours of sleep can lead to a decrease in aerobic power output by up to 20%. And aerobic power output is definitely something that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu athletes are concerned with. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, decreasing that by 20%, you will feel that on the mat. Or vice versa, if you haven't been getting enough sleep and you start to get enough sleep, you will feel that on the mat. So, um, so anyways, I just thought it was to kind of kick off like, you know, like sleep's a fucking serious thing, man. It's, it is a really serious thing. And, you know, as you're reading these things off, you know, we could, we could do plenty of digging and find all sorts of statistics that, you know, prove our point that how important sleep is. And, I mean, yeah. Not to my knowledge, you're not going to find very many studies that show that sleep isn't important. No, I don't think you're going to find any. any. You know what I mean? Like, I've, yeah. And, but how much, 
how many studies and how much information you got to throw at people to get them to fucking realize this. Yeah. Because it's a weird thing. People, people don't, in general, again, don't place a ton of importance on it. And they may say they do, but their actions, you know, say differently. Yeah. Just because all, you know, something I come back to a lot is like people's sleep routines or lack thereof. You know, we're creatures of habit and routines, and a lot of us will have like a morning routine. A lot, a good handful of us do. We do this, you know, coffee. You have a morning routine whether you realize it or not. Correct. And and it's to set you up for a more successful day. Yeah. The more you, you can be if you take control right. of your routine. If you take it can control be. of it, this yeah. is kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. If you take control of it, it can be. Same thing like if you are the type of person that works out quite a bit, goes to the gym, you usually have a routine. You know, like okay, you, you get your gear together in the same spot or the same, and then you you know you do this, you do this, you make sure you got all this. Like you have routines for the thing, especially if you're doing something that's important to you. You have a routine for it. Yeah. So many people put zero effort into their sleep routine. You know, they just, oh, I'm tired, let's go lay down, and they just fucking lay down in bed and scroll around on their phone. Uh, watch TV. Watch or, TV yeah. or fuck around on their phone for an hour until they, you know, start dropping their phone on the chest and then go to sleep. And, it's, and they must say, oh, yeah, it's... Dude, have you seen that? There's a fucking iPhone commercial out that drives me nuts. It is exactly that. Like, they're... The, the, the premise is that the iPhone battery will outlast you. And the whole fucking commercial is people who have literally fallen asleep while watching or playing something on their phone. So, yeah, anyways. But that, I mean, yeah. that's, that's how fucking crazy it is Like in today's society. You expect... That's the norm. That's the norm. You, you fucking play and watch shit on your phone until you fall asleep. Yeah, I'm the weird one because I tell people, like, dude, I don't take my phone in the bedroom. Yeah. I charge it out on my kitchen counter. And that's it. It's just a rule I set for myself. It doesn't like when it's time to go to bed at night. My phone does not go into the fucking bedroom. Yeah. Simple. I don't have a TV in there. I don't have a fucking iPad in there. I don't have a phone. No screens. And if I'm doing anything, if I'm laying down in bed sleeping, I'll read. Yeah. And I'll read until I'm fucking losing lines on the page, or I drop my book, and then okay, then I'll fall asleep. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm not reading something super intellectually stimulating. Yeah. Not, just not getting you all amped up. Right. And, you know, I'm reading. I'm reading the Odyssey or something. It's sometimes it gets you a little, too, a little amped up, but it's not. It's, bit, yeah. it, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It's a cool story to read, but yes, most people just put zero effort into it, man. They just don't. They don't think about it at all. Yeah. And they wake up and drag their ass through the day, you know, and and it goes to like I talk to people about setting that morning routine. You know, like, oh, you place first things first, and getting up, and oh, you you're worried about your fitness and health. Why aren't you fucking working out in the morning? You tell me you can't wake up an extra 15 minutes to do some sort of mobility routine? Yeah. It's usually like where I start with people a lot. Like, oh, you know, they just have, oh, I'm not a morning person. I don't like waking up. Well, then, okay, let's go back and look at how, what are you doing before you go to bed at night? How about if you fix that? I bet you anything you'd wake up with more goddamn energy. Yeah. It's, I, it's another one I get fired up about just because people don't place any importance on it. And all, yeah. the, all the little it's things. It's an afterthought. You, it's an afterthought. And all the little things you can do to improve your sleep yeah and, and it makes a goddamn difference right and it's yeah which is you know we've heard the thing you know sleep when i'm dead you know we're it's a badge of honor kind of thing such a fucking bad thing man yeah. such a societal uh bad societal norm that we've taken on a lot of it's social media driven you know we're, we're seeing these people 
claiming, you know, posting all this shit, and you're like, oh man, look, The Rock never sleeps, fucking Anthony uh, Robbins never sleeps, or whatever. It's like, uh, so <clears throat> you think like I, I got to do that too, or else I'm being lazy. I mean, I know I definitely can't. I, I, I fell into that. Yeah, that. I mean, dude, just coming up, man. It's like the the our our puritanical roots in this country sometimes can uh, rear their head, and that's I dude sleeping in too much sleep. That's fucking sloth, brother. Mm-hmm. That's one of the seven deadly sins. So you don't need that. You don't do that. And uh, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff. People just it's just like you said, they don't think about it. It's such an afterthought. It's almost like an inconvenience. You know, they don't want to go to sleep. It's like they could just stay awake the whole time. They would. And, uh, but yeah, without sleep, man, it's, unfortunately, we are creatures that need sleep. There's so much that goes on. I mean, besides the shit that you're uh, avoiding, um, it's also when you, like, consolidate your memories, helps with, uh, you know, learning. Like, there's just so much. Like, if you're, if you're trying to do jujitsu and you're not getting enough sleep, it's not just physically that you're affecting yourself. Like your brain literally is not getting the chance to process your training and, 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 you know, get to, uh, you know, uh, get to where you're, you're moving that shit to a more subconscious level and all those things. So it's fucking super important, but yeah, people, people just don't think that it's important. So the, uh, um, what was it? I had, I, I want to come, I got a little fucking, that, that saying that people have, if you want to achieve what others can't, you got to do what they won't. Right. And usually that's associated with work hard, sleep, sleep less. do more, yeah. sleep less. And I'm like, what well, actually in today's society, it means that you actually get sleep. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would say that at this point that if you want to achieve what others can do what they won't, that actually means get some fucking sleep, asshole. So yeah, like if you're, that's not a badge of honor. My eyes, you're just following everybody else. You're following the trend. So how are you going to achieve what everybody else can when you're just doing what everybody else is? So chew on that, Mr. Fucking, I don't need more than four hours a night. There is, again, there is outliers out there, I'm sure, that can get away with it. And maybe even perform at eye level. You know, there's always outliers. Yeah. But again, they're fucking outliers. But they're not, and they're not even really like. Again, we both listened to that one. There's a interview that Joe Rogan had with a guy who's a sleep expert, and Matthew something or other. Yeah, I think his name was. Yeah, yeah. super interesting. Like that. That's yeah. one I highly recommend everybody go and listen to. Um, but uh, he was uh, fuck. I forgot my fucking point. What are we talking about? I don't remember. Outliers, people saying. Oh yeah, the way that he put it, right? Like if you if you express the number of people who who can do that as a percentage it's zero like zero percent of the population can exist on less than six hours of sleep per night you know because yeah there's like 10 in 300 million okay yeah that's it that's basically zero percent all right you're not one of those 10 motherfucker i guarantee it and you know one of the things i found in looking around is that it's pretty well established that we are terrible judges at if we're lacking sleep and how a lack of sleep is affecting us. And then they studied this. They've shown that people cannot tell that scientifically they're doing studies and tests and showing, dude, your IQ has dropped, your reaction time has dropped, you know, all of these things are fucking going down, but they can't tell, you, you know, from just a subjective, like, you know, uh, questioning 
people think they're fine. And so, yeah, like you may think you're one of those 10, but that's the problem. Like you can't tell you're, you're a terrible judge of that. And so you think that you've adapted to fucking six hours of sleep or less a night, but you haven't, you, you've just, I don't know, man, your body's just fucking good at, uh, it's probably like a survival thing. Well, man. And you got to adapt to it eventually. And you get that and you're not performing at your best. You're right. not getting the most out of your day or the most out of your body. You're, you're not reaching your potential. Yeah. You're, you're geeking by. And if you're not challenging yourself on a day to day basis, if, if you're just fucking, if you just wake up. And, you know, slowly get ready for work and you go sit in a goddamn cubicle all day. And then you fucking sloth your way home and spend your day sitting in front of the fucking TV. And you're, you're not challenging and pushing yourself. Man, you can. But if you're trying to be the best you can be, you know, for lack of having a better way of saying it, you know, and get the most out of your day and improve yourself physically and mentally, you're trying to challenge yourself. You need all those resources. You need a full tank of gas. Yeah. And... So yeah, I mean, I guess if you just it goes back to me being pissed off about people seeking comfort and pleasure, if that's all you're trying to do every day, you know, you're just trying to be as comfortable as fucking possible, lay on your couch and watch whatever favorite show you want to watch. Yeah, fuck it, you know, go ahead, continue to get your four or five hours of sleep and think you're doing okay. Yeah, what you but, but if you're trying to excel, yeah, you know, that's that's not the that's not the recipe. No, and, and like, and I think you brought you brought up a really good point. It's hard for us to gauge. You know, because, yeah, it'd be really hard to gauge. Okay, I got, if you're really, unless you're really in tune, but the difference between getting seven hours and eight hours of sleep, you might not be able to tell on the surface, but if you were to get all scientific about it and get hooked up to some machines, I'd be willing to bet. Oh, your body can tell. Your body can tell. Yeah. You're going to see a difference. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet. And, you know, on that front, you just got to default to the experts on that, the scientists on that. Like, oh, okay. These guys say, I'm going to get this much better performance. My brain's going to be this much sharper if I continually get eight hours yeah. of sleep. Well, that's why I love my Morpheus, man. Because Morpheus does not fucking lie. HRV uh, doesn't lie. So you can feel whatever, but you're, you're, you know, that, that window into how your body's, um, you know, working under the hood before things start to rattle is super good and again i've used it you know there's times when i woke up and i'm fucking red and but i'm gonna wrestle that day but i know it right and so like i do you you, you just have to know that okay, i'm gonna have to recover over the next couple of days and so having some sort of objective measurement and we talk about just something as simple as uh just checking your morning resting heart rate mm-hmm. yeah, it's just some sort of objective measurement so that you're not just oh i feel great today and it's like, well, you know, great, but are you really, you know, are you really good? And so keep pushing yourself that hard, or is this just the fucking Adderall talking? So <laughs> right? could just be the Adderall. Could just be the Adderall talking, man. <laughs> it could just be the Adderall. I mean, that's the other thing too. Like we've talked about, is that I mean, Adderall is basically speed. Yeah, it's amphetamines, right? Amphetamines are rampant in our society. I mean, we give them to fucking. Uh, basically like ADHD medications are, are, you know, speed amphetamines. So we're giving them to kids. Giving them to kids. Fucking, you know, uh, dude, it's, it's rampant. And so that's another thing is like, you know, we're, everybody's strung out on speed. So no, you don't can't sleep. sleep. 
No, fuck, dude. I, I've really got to take fucking Ambien. I've taken Adderall, and guess what? If you do, if you get four or five hours of sleep, you can take Adderall and feel fucking fantastic. Yes. Hey, it, it is like I like I said, I've taken it, and dude, it is bananas to me that we give that shit to kids. That is strong shit. They, they, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is fucking, it is mind-blowing to me on how readily doctors prescribe that shit. It is, it's crazy. Yeah, it's fucking nuts, man. Because it, it's so strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've never had it. I mean, uh, but it's... Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. it's. It doesn't get to be super popular for no reason. For no reason. The shit yeah. fucking works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but if you're fucking strung out on speed, then it's tough yeah. to sleep. But it, it, it skews your judgment, man. You think, like, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's like, I'm not, you're not fine, dude. Physically, your shit's falling apart. So, yeah, it's, uh, gotta get enough sleep. Naps. I'd say I'm a fucking huge fan of naps. I think the naps get a bad rap. I have a hard time making myself do them. I, I, I agree with you. I think they're important. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time forcing myself to do it sometimes. If I get busy doing shit, it yeah. just... So, you know, like right now my life is, you know, I'm not at work, so I'm working on projects and shit around the house. So even then, I have a hard time, because there's times throughout the day, I'm a little tired, maybe, you know, come two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I wouldn't mind laying down taking a nap. I'm like, oh, you fucking pussy. <laughs> See? <laughs> I, I do, I know. I do, I don't need a fucking nap, just push through. You know, take some Adderall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See? I know, it's weird, man. We, we, yeah, that's the, that's the, the mentality, but, um... Yeah, for me, I like it. It, it just it dude, such a good like brain reset. I can definitely tell the difference, especially like get to be like six, seven o'clock at night. Like man, if I hadn't taken a nap that day, I'm really starting to drag ass. And it's like so if I want to have like a full day, I, I hit that reset button in the middle of the day, and it's like it's like two days. You know, I got fucking it's split in half. So it's uh, yeah, I think naps are great, but. Did you dig into it? You'd be surprised how many of these motherfuckers take naps. Yeah. Like, there, there's a lot of, of well, high reason, performers. Well, there's a reason there's a lot of cultures that still incorporate that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, do, we just don't hear in America. No. No, again. Yeah. But it's, again, you look at our history and what what our fucking roots came from. And, uh, you know, I know I was just defending Judeo-Christian values, but some of the shit that came out of it wasn't necessarily great. Like, you know, sleeping is for pussies. So. <laughs> and you can see, too, you know, you know, why, you know, one of the reasons why naps would be so good, especially in like that heat of the day or, you know, middle of the day. So say you're an outside laborer and, you know, two, three o'clock in the afternoon, the heat of the sun is just hot as a motherfucker. Guess what? It'd be a good time. Get in, get out of the sun, get in the shade, take a little siesta and then go back out there and yeah. finish your work after it's cooled off a little bit. Well, it's, it's good. Like it logically, it yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, I'll well, that's how we usually, yeah, you look at like the whole thing, like hunter gatherer tribes, like dude, they're, they're putting in like four hours of work, right? Like they're getting their work done and in the afternoons when it's hot as fuck, like they're not working. No, like it's such an artificial thing. Like we've, we've changed our environment so much with, you know, air conditioning and, and, you know, housing and, uh, you know, um, fucking lights, mm-hmm. you know, the, like these things are so, f- so foreign really to, to us. And so, but it allows us to continue working through the heat of the day, stay up till midnight. 
I, I, these things are just not normal things. It's, it's not what's best for us. No. No, 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 man. Which leads me to my fucking curveball. Sweet. You ready? I'm ready. Have you heard of the first and second sleeps concept? Hmm. Okay, so I, this is something I, I've, I've come across here and there. And uh, when I was digging around for some sleep stuff right before you came over, I came across a really interesting article. But apparently, there's pretty good evidence that the idea of sleeping in one continuous block is a relatively new thing. That what humans did for a long time would sleep in a four-hour block, wake up for about an hour in the middle of the night, and then go to sleep again and sleep for another four-hour block. Hmm. And that this was first and second sleep. And that there were, if you look again, there's, you know, a lot of historical references to it and, and the way that it's talked about, like I've actually come across it. Like if you, um, I, forget it, it, I think the Iliad has reference to first sleep uh, the, or second sleep or something like that, but you will find these references and it's just the way that they talk about it is like, it's common knowledge. Like this is just what everybody fucking does. Everybody knows what first sleep is and second sleep is. And so, uh, but yeah, it was basically with the advent of um, street lights and, and you know inside lighting that allowed us to stay up. Because usually the way if you look at like the hunter-gatherer tribes, like around dusk, it's time to go to bed. Mm-hmm. When it gets dark, it's time to go to bed. So you know if you're going to bed around 9, 30, 10 o'clock, you know wake up at around 1, 30, 2 o'clock, go back to sleep for a few more hours and get up and do it again. You know, in the winter, you're going to sleep before the axe is fucking dark at like six, right? So, um, but yeah, man, there's all sorts of references. People used to wake up, have sex, uh, read, write, go visit neighbors, and then fucking in the middle of the night and then come back and finish up sleeping. And Mm -hmm. so that's more normal. So like, I do that. I, I wake up in the middle of the night fucking religiously. I, I cannot sleep. I don't. I do not go to sleep and just wake up and it's like, oh shit, it's morning. Like no, I wake up in the middle of the night religiously, and it takes me about an hour to fucking be able to fall back asleep. It's really weird. Regularly? Yeah. On I'd say more often than not. Really? Yeah. There, I will admit that happens to me once in a while. I mean, usually, you know, if I wake up, you know, go to the bathroom or something, that that happens, but. There is, I will have some nights, like once a week, once every other week, to where I wake up, and it's generally like around 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like wide awake. And there's, there's times that I'll just read. Yeah. Yeah, because literally, I'll lay there like, okay, I should go back to sleep, and I'll just try to relax and breathe and go back to sleep, and then like, my brain's just going. Like, all right, I obviously am not falling back to sleep like this, so I will. I'll just kick on a dim little light and I'll just read and then I feel myself getting do- you know, dozing off again boom and I'll just fall back asleep yeah but it, it, that's not very regular though. like I say I say regular you know we well, like once a week every other week it'll happen yeah and th- th- there's times to where it'll I'll wake up at like 4 in the morning and that's kind of like my cutoff. like if I wake up at about 4 in the morning give or take a little bit and I'm wide awake so there's times I'll just say, fuck it. <laughs> I'll get up and I'll start. Yeah, up. Yeah. I'll just stay up. Yeah. I'll just get up and I'll well, start. Well, they refer to that, man. Like some people would get up after their first sleep. And then actually in Don Quixote, uh, it's funny, I, I remember the reference, but that was one of the things that they referred to is like Don Quixote after his first sleep was 
you know, felt wide awake and decided not to take a second. So I, I do that once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was just really interesting, man, because I've heard that a few just random places before. You said you said you think you, they mentioned it in the Iliad. Yep. High school. I, I seem to remember it too, because I because having known it, right? I've been reading and I've I've noticed a couple off references here and there in like the Iliad and Don Quixote and I'm, I think like in Plutarch's book there was you know one or two weird references to like a first or second sleep and uh but yeah it's it's fucking there man and then like I say dig into the historical stuff and apparently it was super common it wasn't until like the 16th or 17th century or so uh when they started using street lights and making um, what was it? What was it? They actually tied it back to like the Protestant Reformation and that people got used to secret nighttime um, like services because, you know, you at one point, like you had the official religion. That was, that was what way, why America originally people wanted to just come here and they'll fucking do their thing, man. Like the, the, you had your state religion and you could not practice anything but that fucking state religion. And so, and like the, the Protestant Reformation, like at one point, like, cause they were being persecuted by the Catholic run, you know, governments cause Catholicism was the official, uh, um, religion. They were, they held nighttime services in secret. And so that was actually that in that article I read, it was like, you know, one of the first times that people started getting used to staying up, you know, a lot of people in groups were staying up later than usual. And using candles and shit, because again, a lot of these technologies that we take for granted, or uh, and it was a point when like candle technology got pretty fucking good. You know what I mean? And it's like holy shit, can you imagine like candle technology in a time when it was either like torches or fucking fires? It was either all or nothing, right? Oh, I got some little fucking candles here. I can kind of sneak around and little lanterns. Yeah, little lanterns and shit. So and then they started putting this at uh, uh, Paris was the first city to put up street lights it was like wax paper and, and yeah. fucking candles but uh and so yeah just kind of the the ball got rolling with people getting used to staying up past dusk and staying up later later at night and then so well when you're staying up later you don't have the luxury of you know spending as much time sleeping or, or toward sleep so the first and second sleep thing kind of went by the wayside and uh yeah i guess it was actually like you know periods where people were training kids out of it and stuff like that so hmm. it's interesting yeah I didn't, I didn't know that was ever a thing yep not the thing never man. would have guessed it so if you wake up in the middle of the night man you have trouble going back to sleep it's me. normal yes yeah, but i know like i've always thought something's wrong with me you know like i can't sleep through the night something is fucking wrong with me i need an ambient or something i need a pill right like, how many people have fucking gotten on sleep aids because they thought it's not normal to wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to go immediately back to sleep. And so, and then their doctor's like, yeah, here's a fucking sleeping pill to help you fucking sleep through that. It's like, no, dude, it's normal. It's normal. So, anyways. But don't get up and start surfing Facebook. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Because, yeah, that's the thing. You don't want to do shit that's going to get you all fired up. Because then you're definitely not going to go no, back to sleep. No, no. It's going to be really hard. Yeah, because it, it's all like that, that sympathetic, parasympathetic. Like, you need your rest and relax side of your nervous system kicked in to sleep. That's why I like watching the news, social media stuff. Those things tend to stimulate your sympathetic nervous system, get you a little like stimulated and fired up. It's fucking hard to sleep at that point. So yeah, whatever you're putting into your brain, you want to make sure is is uh, not going towards the 
sympathetic, like high stimulation side. So I think fucking sex is probably okay. I don't think that's you're ready to sleep afterwards. High. Yeah, exactly. It's high stimulation at the moment. At the moment, then you're ready and to it's trash. Done. Yeah, it was funny. One of the things that it was like a French medical journal that advised couples that that was actually the best time to have sex to conceive because they would enjoy it more or something like that. So, <laughs> so yeah, man. There you go. First and second sleep. Huh. It's interesting. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Learn something new. Respect your sleep, people. No, do it, man. I would say, uh, um, yeah, respect your sleep and get a fucking a good routine. There are some things. I mean, some people find, uh, like, um, oh, what the hell is it called? The uh, like magnesium. Um, I mean, we, you're doing yeah. the, the, the magnesium I, I still, spray. I still use the magnesium rub. Yeah. Uh, some I, some of the magnesium helps, you know, relax, simulate relax relaxation. Um, I, I like it. I just generally put it on my legs. Yeah. You know, especially after you know day of hard training and before I go to bed at night. It, it you know it's a good way for your body to absorb the magnesium and it prevents muscle cramps because that's I'll get sometimes my legs will cramp up after training real hard. Right. You know, it's kind of common. You know, it's whatever. I'm cool with that. But if I use that magnesium rub, it definitely helps negate that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it does help me relax and sleep. I haven't really thought about it that much, but. Yeah, I, I use it uh, pretty religiously. What is it? Natural calm? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's just basically like a magnesium supplement. Cause yeah, magnesium itself, like like ZMA. Remember that mm-hmm. zinc, magnesium, aspartate. Yeah. But like magnesium has a a relaxation effect uh, on the body, so that's a good one. And uh, I mean, cause the thing too is like with jujitsu, if you hurt, you can't sleep. We've it's, all been there. Yes. You train hard, man. You you train so hard, your body's so beat up, and you just want to do nothing but lay down. But you lay down, and you just cannot get comfortable. Yeah. And you just can't fall asleep. Yeah. It's, yeah. We've all been there, man. Yeah. So, no, for me, I've talked about before, like, that's where, like, uh, man, like, CBD rub for my elbows have been great. Um, doing a little edible before uh, bed has, has helped. But that was one thing that I definitely... Uh, struggle with too man I was like waking up in the middle of the night just being so sore I can't go back to sleep so getting the the CBD stuff has helped a lot with that like I said I don't even know if it's helping with my sleep because you'll hear that CBD will help with your sleep and stuff which great maybe it does but all I know is if I'm not in fucking pain mm-hmm. and I can sleep hey guess what's good for my sleep 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 <laughs> so <laughs> I'll go with that um but yeah, there's definitely a few things that you can do. I, yeah, I 100% would recommend going natural route. Stay the fuck away from um, drugs to help you sleep because, I mean, a lot of times they fuck up your sleep pattern. And, you know, you need, you, you know, you got your light sleep, your deep sleep, and your REM sleep. Like, you need all three of those stages and you dig into it. And a lot of the, the drugs that help you sleep, especially like Ambien, like, they fuck up those sleep stages, man. And so, yeah, yeah, you're passed out. Like, you're, you know, brain's turned off, but it's not fucking... It's not the same thing. Not doing the same things that it should be doing. So, but, uh, yeah, get your sleep. Get your sleep in order. Yeah. Stay off the screens before you go to bed. Dim the lights. Simple shit. We've talked about it a million times in this podcast. Yeah. And we're not the only ones that have ever talked about it. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll suggest that to people and 
you know, they won't believe me, you know, as far as screen time and whatnot. Dude, I just challenge you. Like, just give yourself a challenge. Do it for a week. Like, just set the rule for yourself for a week. Don't take your phone into your bedroom. And don't watch TV in your fucking bedroom. For a week. Just try it. And then, if, you know, you might not like it, so then go back to it for the next week. And pay attention to how well you sleep or don't sleep. And I would almost guarantee you'll see a difference. It's kind of the same thing with nutrition. You know, a lot of people just don't pay attention to how certain foods make them feel. Yeah. And then, but if you really just start paying attention, man, to how shit makes you feel, you'll make the corrections. You're like, oh, there is something to this. Yeah. But you, you have to, I think with the, like the phones in the bed and you know, the TVs in your bed, that's a big one for me. And until you take it out of your life and then reintroduce it, you're not going to notice it. Because for you just to not do it for one night, it's going to be hard to notice the effect. Yeah. So you, you got to be structured about it and disciplined about it. And then you'll notice the difference. Yeah. I almost guarantee it, man. Yeah, I mean, at first you may feel a little like it may because you got a routine. So yep. breaking the routine, you got this little like dopamine hit from, you know, watching TV. And so, you know, some you may actually find it a little tough to like go to bed without some sort of stimulation going on in the background. But uh, that's a fuck. That's not a good sign. Mm-hmm. So like that's a sign that you need to not have that shit going on. But yeah, once you get to the point where, you know, I mean, I fuck, dude, I've fallen asleep plenty of time watching television. I've had TVs yeah. in my bedroom. Yeah. And, you know, I've gone down that route. Yep. And it's not until, like you said, it's not until you get used to. It's like, dude, when I was a kid eating McDonald's, I didn't fucking know any better. It wasn't until I, I, I stopped eating McDonald's long enough for my body to not be used to eating McDonald's and then try to eat McDonald's again that I realized, oh, this is fucking me up. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing with, with your nighttime habits, man. Like, you, you got to get away from them long enough for your body to get used to the new habits and then you try to go back to watching TV before you go to bed and you realize like dude this fucking sucks like this isn't except every once in a while I'll go on like an Airbnb right we'll end up in a bedroom that's got a TV or something in there or like in a hotel you know and you just like have the TV on in bed and it's like this is fucking horrible I can't fall asleep this sucks ass man I gotta turn this TV off and do what I know <laughs> so it's uh yeah it's like fast food for your brain mm-hmm. don't need it and like I said, a lot of them are simple shit. You know, just make your make your room as dark as possible. Yep. That's a mistake people will miss out on too. Like, you got these little night lights going on, or the glow of this, or the glow of that. Like, no, man. Get that room as dark as possible. Cool. Keep it a little chilly, so you want to stay covered up. That helps you sleep. Yeah. No screens, lights. Simple thing. Really simple fixes that don't take much time, effort, or money. No. And it just improves so much of your life. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird though, man. I got a fucking that's a very important uh, contact point for your brain <laughs> with reality. You know, is like being able to actually like shut down and and uh, decompress a little bit. And so, yeah, if you're not if you're not taking advantage of it, man, it'll fuck you up. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's all I got. That's all I got, man. First and second sleep. That's the other thing. Don't panic if you wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah, because then you stress about it. Yeah. And then that makes it worse. Then yeah. You're definitely not going to fall back asleep. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was kind of one of the things that they were saying. It's like, it's not that this whole second sleep is good or bad. It's just, if you stress out about it, then it is bad. Then you're making it bad. Then you're making it bad. Don't make so, it bad. Just, yeah. just if, if that's what it is, just run with it. Yep. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. And then take a nap. And take a nap. Take a nap later that day. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. 
Well, naps. And that might be in my future today. Good. <laughs> Let's see. But anyways. I gotta get a bunch of shit done. Just got some more Catalyst training gear dropped off. Sweet. I heard, I heard the UPS Yeah, a bunch of shit out yeah, there. Yeah, see what he's got for me. Sweet. I gotta get my business license today. And, uh, yeah. We'll, be, yeah. we'll be ready for business next week. Sweet. So. Cool. It's a good place to end it. It is. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Times two, no clue, but soon a brief fun suit might give you a view to choose. Stay tuned, include, won't conclude. Till the end is near, beware there's consequences, but what you do to me and demon, the devil of many levels. I keep on feeding for several of them rebels. Me, myself, he died. Me, myself, he died.